Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome back to the show. Hola, bola. We're doing a little Lisa on the law. And it's not every area of law, mind you, but if I can help you with an area that I know, I'm happy to do it. You can call me at 203-333-9422. Let's go to Marissa from Monroe. Hi, Marissa. Welcome. Hi, Lisa. Thank you. I have a question regarding estate tax returns. I'll give you a little background, but the question's um, simple, I think. Two-part question. Um, can you turn, uh, can you turn off your radio? Oh, I'm no, sorry. I'm moving. It's, it's in oh. another house, another okay. room, but it's, okay. I have it on that. So, okay. um, thank you. Um, it's, the estate has no income to report. The return has to be filed. Uh, filing on extension. What are the repercussions? Would you please remind me what does the lawyer need, what information the lawyer needs for the tax return? But also, um, are there any repercussions or penalty for such a return of being filed late when there's no income uh, due, or no taxes due because there's no income produced until the final return, to, uh, because initially we're talking about uh, going for two years instead of one, so we'd have to file two returns. And, oh, you're talking about uh, the estate income tax or you're talking about the estate tax return? Yes. No, it's, well, I guess it's, I thought it was one in the same. No, it's not. We have to not. file a no, it's oh, not. Oh, okay. We have to file a, a return after six or nine months or something, and we got an extension. Right. So then we have to file it by the, the year, the anniversary of date of death. But I do recall, and I have it in a letter, but Lisa, I'm just, I've been too nervous to read the letter, so okay. I thought I'm going to oh, read the Marissa. letter, but I'm calling Lisa. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so Marissa, I'm, let I'm me explain. I'm a technically responsible person. All right. Get the, 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 what, what I... Get your pencil. What I seem to remember, yes. I have, I've got it here. What I seem to remember is the attorney in this letter saying another option if, is instead of filing two returns is to pick another date by which you'll be done. You'll have sold the house. Everything will be done, whether it's uh, a year and a half or whatever it is. That's the date. And then you're done and you just file the one return by which the house is sold. But, but that's he's, the only fa- he's talking about two different returns. Okay. So okay. Let, let me explain. Okay. Big picture. Sure. There are, um, when a person dies, they have an estate, and that has a snapshot value of a date of death value. And that amount of money 
is only subject to a federal estate tax if it's over $12.2 million, which puts you in a very, very small category of estates. Yes, we're not. And now Connecticut is also up there of $12.2 million. So it used to be Connecticut was $2 million or $3 million or $4 million, and the federal was much higher. Now they're the same. Okay, so you have to have a lot of money at your date of death in order to be liable for any estate taxes, federal or state. Now, however, however, Connecticut in its infinite wisdom has said, even if you don't owe an estate tax, you have to file an estate tax return. That's the law. And that document is called a CT-706-N-1. dash NT, NT standing for no tax. CT-706-NT. The CT-706-NT is a summary of the date of death values of everything that a person owns. And even if they own things jointly, the law presumes that that their share is 50%. And so 50% of that goes on the tax return. And it's called a CT-706-NT. And instructions are with the return. It is filed with your local probate court, even though technically it is not a probate document. But it is filed with your probate court, and it is the probate judge who signs off on the return. Because you are saying that you're not a taxable estate. If you were a taxable estate, it's called a CT-706 And you give a copy to the probate court, but you file it with the Department of Revenue Services of the state of Connecticut and Hartford, the DRS. Okay? So, so far, Marissa, am I clear about that? Yes. Okay. Now, the 706 is due six months from the date of death. You can get an extension, a six-month extension. It's very easy. I sign them all the time as probate judge. It's easy. You just request it and you get one. Okay, and that just gives you a an extension of time by which to file the return. Remember, you're not paying any taxes anyway. So you say to yourself, well, then I don't understand what money am I paying? I'll tell you, you're paying the probate fee. The probate fee in Connecticut is arrived at is established by virtue of what you report on your Connecticut estate tax return. And that number earns inch carries some interest with it, and that interest, uh, I believe, is is stopped if you get your extension. In other words, it's 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 waived for the extent of the extension. That's why you try and get an extension. But other than that, there's no real penalty. So if it's not filed by the extension date, then, then you're going to have a little bit of interest on the money that you would have earned. That would have owed. That you would have owed. That you would have owed. Now the other okay. tax return is another different. Is a different thing. When somebody dies, they die in the middle of a year, right? They die on a date. Who who is going to file their income tax for that date? The executor of the estate. That is called a ten forty one. Similar to a 1040, right? So individuals file 1040s when they're alive. They file a 1041 as an executor for somebody who has passed away. And that may be what your lawyer was talking about. 
in mm. terms of filing okay. one ten forty one for a period of time, not quite a year, maybe a year and a half. I believe, and I, I'm not an accountant. I always had accountants do this for me, but I believe you can do a little bit of finagling with the ten forty one. Well, actually, I did file that um, for twenty twenty two, and now so I'm. And what the lawyer said to do is at the top of the ten forty write uh, something like uh, the person is deceased. I forget exactly what the term is. There's something to write on the top of a 1040. Now, this year, I'll file for 2023. That will be the final. So I'll look into, I'll ask the lawyer about doing a 1041. It's a 1041. But I was going to do it the same yeah. Gonna, okay, so the, the final final is it's uh, tax income tax. Okay, that's so, so the 1040 so, is for the time period of that year that she was alive. The 1041 is for the time period of that year that it's an estate. So if, oh, you see oh, what I'm okay. saying? So there'll so be two? Some, yes, yes okay, there'll be so two. There'll be, two. be okay. two. So if somebody dies okay. in April, the January through April is a regular tax return. She was alive, but you're filing it for her, but she was oh. alive. But then if she died in April, the estate itself may earn money on money. It may not or it may. And that, yeah. right? In other yeah. words, so let's say she's got money yep. in, right? She could be earning 4% on her money. Here. Right. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, not the case here. Okay. Um, uh, Okay, so uh, that's interesting. I will definitely bring that up. And then what I'm hearing, my big concern uh, is just about what are the penalties and the repercussions. And it turns out, well, there will be there is value and um, you've got to, you know, not a lot. I did. By the way, I I spoke with the probate, the probate clerk, I guess, some months ago about this whole piece of the probate. Mm -hmm. And she was wonderful. And we were talking amounts. Well, what if it's this amount? Right. What would it be? Cause just to get a right. sense. So I have a sense of that. Right. So now I feel like, um, okay, if in fact we're charged interest, that's I feel so irresponsible about that. But that's the worst thing. Okay, yes. fine. Yes. And otherwise, it's just it's just getting the paperwork together. There's so much to do, and I just kept putting it off. I know. Um, it's very the, common. The other, I get it. I know you're I so do. understanding. No, but it's true. I get it. I get it. And you see it. I'm sure other yes. people have done it. Yes. Um, but the other question that, that comes to me as you were speaking is um, if uh, this is the second parent died. So when the first parent died, mm-hmm. then my uh, my parent, surviving parent did the tax would have done. You said that a, a probate, um, I mean, an estate return had to be filed and that parent would claim half 
uh, the value of the that's uh, right uh, what was owned jointly. So wouldn't it behoove me to talk to the lawyer to f- get that information out of that form? I mean, obviously some years have passed, but I don't want to. It's the same. It's the same furnishing, you know, furniture and furnishings. It's not. Yeah, I, there uh, should be a record of it if they assigned a value to it. Sure. Yeah, but I okay. mean, but so I mean, you could also say that it's a different value as of the date of death of the second spouse. So yes, of course. Oh, oh, that's right. Because you know what? It would probably be less. It would probably in this be less. Of the kind of things that's we have. right. You know, things go down. Wants, but it's valuable. They depreciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do, Marissa. They do. Okay. They depreciate. Can you think of any other questions I ought to be asking you that aren't coming to me in terms of this topic? That might be helpful to me or someone else. Well, so the estate tax return. Um, yes, there's one thing. If there's real estate uh, that you're reporting on your 706, you need to have an independent valuation of the real estate. And the probate court rules of procedure give you a choice of how you can do the valuation. And one of the things I tell people when they ask me is you do not have to spend money on an appraisal. Because the probate court, the probate court rules of procedure allow the probate court to consider what the town appraises the uh, real estate at, and we always do it. We accept it for you. We don't make you spend extra money. So I can tell you in the Westport Weston Court, if you come to our court with a seven hundred six, and your attachment of the value is the appraisal during the year that the person died, we will accept that as your valuation. We won't make you go out to get another appraisal. Ah, that's that's good to know, um, because that's one thing that was holding me up. Um, now the, the tax assessment. Uh, my understanding is they assess. Uh, it's 70% of what the value would be. They tell you so the value you on your assessment, though. They actually tell you this is the 70% and this is what we value it at. If you look at the card, you'll see. So you don't right, have to well, do the I math. Maybe, it might be that every town is a little different. I'm not sure because what I saw was um, this represents 70% of what the value would be, and then I did the math. But what I hear you saying, whether it's on there or not, well, actually, correct me, whether it's on there or not, if I end up doing the math, then um, what the lawyer had told us originally was you want the highest value you can get because when you sell the house, you if you sell it for higher than that value, you want there to be a, a small Correct. A difference. Correct. You know why that is, right? right? You know why that is? Sure. Taxes. Be- uh, uh, yes, because you get something called a stepped-up basis at the, as at the date of death of the person's death. So when you... When you, when you have to pay tax on an asset that you've held for uh, over six months, you pay a capital gain on it. And the capital gain is the difference between the basis and the sales price. The sales price is technically the amount realized. So if your mother bought the house at $30,000 and it's worth a million, you'd have to pay a capital gain on $970,000. 20% of that is a mm-hmm. big chunk. But if the $30,000 house appreciated to 900000 and then you sell it for a million, your your capital gain is only a hundred grand. You only pay 20000 to the government. So that stepped-up yes. basis is a present that our tax code gives people. And that's yes. why your lawyer wants your basis to be as high as possible if you're thinking of selling the asset. 
Okay, so let me ask you this in terms of fairness and, and rightness, if that's the right word. So according, there's, if I don't see a, a value on the card, or we don't get a card, it's a different, but on the paper. It the, is the there. The bill. It is there because it shows you right, 70% yeah. and then it will tell you the value. Right, You'll look. see it. You'll see it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll look. And you know what? I just had a conversation with the tax collector and assessor's office about something else, so I can call them back. But it, there's a number there. So let's say, well, that... Oh, that's right. It has to be for the date of death. Okay. Yes. So can we can we say, well, that's what the town is saying, uh, but the market, but yes. The, so you have so this, it's, it's so yes, sixty thousand something. Yes. So what you can do. So that's why I'm saying you have a choice. You can do your own formal appraisal and spend a few hundred dollars and get one. You can do what the town says. You can do the third option is to get a licensed realtor to give you a comparative market value. Some courts will accept that too. And the fourth is to show the contract of sale. In other words, you've already you've already marketed it. You already have a price by an arm's length buyer, and that's the price you put on the tax return. So you can do one of four Wait. options. Okay. When you say the licensed realtor can give us an amount, is, does that person then sign a form saying they're not the hired realtor, but they did a comp for us and they said this is about what it would be? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Oh, okay. That's yes. great. That, yes. That's interesting about that. And the fourth piece, I, I missed, are you saying if we were, oh, what they did tell us, if you just sell the house, right. you won't have to get an initial appraisal that's right. because that will be the value. That's right. right. Okay. All right. But I won't have done that before this um, extension right. is due. Right. And, and and I'm wondering if we can pull it together very quickly, but it would be after the... Well, this is what I guess I'll have to discuss with the, the lawyer. This is this other piece with which you said you're not familiar where we can extend it if that's just it. Like there's just You one always return. get one six-month extension. That's the easy one. Yeah, we already have that. Right. We have that. After that, so you can ask for one. It's a little more problematic, and the court may say no, and then you okay. just have to pay interest on the probate fee. But there's no tax, so there's no tax. There's no tax. Oh, okay. So better to get the permission and pay interest than not to say anything. And I think that's late. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, I always believe I have, that you should be in touch with the court and let them know what you're doing. Okay. And I have to say, um, it's just, speaking with you first before ta- reading the letter or calling the lawyer just feels so much better. I, I knew when I, I, I wasn't going to take the opportunity and I thought it'll be so much easier to hear it from Lisa and then take the other step. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Marissa. Pleasure. Thank you. All right. We're going to be right back. Good luck. We're going to be right back with Wayne Winston. We'll talk a little bit, a bit about Black History Month. We'll catch up with some news you may have missed. It's the Lisa Wexler Show here on WICC. We'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details thank you for listening if you liked what you heard please share it with your friends and as always feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com 